We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. SoCal's Country Station, 95.1 KFROG. I'm Pepper. This is Spirit of the IE. Every year, thousands of people come together to make magic happen at the annual Tournament of Roses Parade, and volunteering at this event has become a family affair for the park houses. And through a wild set of circumstances, my coworker Heather and I had the opportunity to ride on one of the floats in the Rose Parade this year. We were on the Cowgirls Rule Float, which featured country singer Annie Bosco and her all-female band, and we were lucky enough to have our float piloted by Dennis Parkhouse and his son Ryan, who have been driving floats in the Rose Parade for over 30 years. Thank you for joining me. Hello. Hello. Yes, thanks for having us. Well, start by giving us your history in the Rose Parade. When did you start driving? I believe my first uh, Rose Parade was the year of 1985. Um, I got started basically from a um, a neighbor that was currently doing it already who lived uh, right across the street and asked me if I'd be interested in assisting and helping him out and... um, I haven't uh, stopped doing it since. So yeah, 35 years I've been on a parade. And when did you get your son involved? Ryan, you started about 10 years ago. Started 10 years ago. Yeah, it kind of went from father was in it and then mother jumped in. And then as soon as she was like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. It kind of came to to me. (laughs) And then the the brother jumped in too. and, And I just did my 10th one so very very involved it's 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 a great time I, I enjoy doing it with my father it's really nice when you say drive a float what does that mean exactly is that like driving a car or what's involved with that it is more or less obviously much larger much heavier it has the same concepts the wheels the chassis the frame the engine uh, has a similar brake system power steering all the same idea of a car however the driver cannot see Uh, as he travels down the road. But uh, for the most part, yes, same concept. Now you can't see because you're situated more toward the back. I am, yes. I'm off camera side, so I'm towards the back where my observer, Ryan, my son, sits uh, way up front uh, and he's able to see and he basically gives me directions through a headset as to uh, the direction that we need to go, whether we need to speed up, slow down, go left, go right. So... I imagine there's a lot of trust involved there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> lots of trust. Yeah, it's it's built up over the years. The decorating company has done a really good job of trying to make it as safe as possible, adding some cameras at the front of the float to help the driver get down the parade without having me to tell him, hey, I need you to scoot left. Hey, I need you to scoot right so we're not going back and forth down the entire parade route. It's definitely involved over the time, but yeah, he cannot see it all. He can't even see some of the wheels that are directly in front of him. The driver compartment's very boxed in. And then me up in the front, I'm just looking out of a a little window uh, out of that front of the float that is very protected by flowers just to keep that the the float looking very nice. And just like what he he mentioned, I am just saying left, right, slow down, speed up, uh, touch left, touch right. Now, those windows that you look through are very hard to see. You really have to, like, look hard to see them. And then there's also, like, trap doors that you use to go in and out of the float. 
Tell us about that. Well, yes, obviously uh, the float does have uh, numerous doors, obviously uh, in case the tire malfunctions there, the uh, mechanics are able to get to those. We're also utilized where we have to squeeze in under doors to our compartments, but the float has to be presentable to the public. And so those doors are kept closed while we're traveling. Yes. What special skills are needed to drive a float like this? That's a really good question. When I first started, uh, I was an animator on my very first float. And then over the years, you became a co-driver and then on to a driver. I think it's uh, the company, a Phoenix Decorating Company, who builds these floats, who's entrusted these floats to myself and my family. They have to trust you. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of time and understanding the size, the, you know, the situations, things like that. But uh, no, no, no real special skills. It's just uh, no special licensing, no, no anything. It's just uh, trusting and, and making sure that you do the right thing at the right time. I think for us, special skill for Dan as my father, it's a skill of being able to listen to me for four hours going down the going down the parade route uh it's it's that and having to deal with every time we go out to test drive it or do anything like that it's it the skill is him having to try to listen to me he's, he's got to listen to me throughout the everyday life it's hey can i listen to him for another four hours and that's it, it it's literally just like a uh, you're under a float for four hours going down the parade, three hours for the parade. And it's, can you see safety concerns? I think that's one of the biggest things that the Rose Parade and Phoenix Decorating Company that we're with preaches. It's all about safety. So if the person whoever's in that observer spot is able to see everything out there, you can jump in an observer spot. The The driver compartment is very good for learning. All of our protocol is written down on sheets inside of the compartment. So if something malfunctions, it's re- written there for us. All of our safety stuff is prepared ahead of time. So we do a really good job in that situation. So it, it's really just if someone has that that understanding of what needs to come safety for safety wise. Now, Dennis, you said you started as an animator. What does that mean? Well, back in the day, again, back in 85, things just weren't powered by hydraulics and, and the modern technology the way they are today. I do recall uh, the float that I first got uh, asked to join. It was a player piano. And for the five and a half mile parade route, I basically pedaled the bicycle underneath the float and it uh, was done through gears and it made the keys move up and down. Wow. Yes. And so five and a half miles, I pedaled the bicycle and made the float appear as though the player piano was actually doing what it was supposed to do. But lo and behold, it was me pedaling a bike. Secrets revealed. Yes. <laughs> but we've gone long far from there nowadays. Everything now is done hydraulically and, and things like that. So they've come a long ways. So what's the difference between driving a float that has people on it versus one that doesn't? This year, you were driving one that did have people on it. It did. And quite a few, yourself included. <laughs> right? And, and it, it, not much, really. I, I think really, uh, it comes down to your starts and stops obviously phoenix does a real good job with trying to put up the pedestals and the seat belts for the passengers and things like that and try and make sure that they don't slip or fall off but it really comes down to your starts and stops i can imagine you don't want to hit the brakes too hard or you'll go stumbling off the float and then on takeoff we don't want you to to uh, slip and fall as well so those are the the key pieces to passengers versus non-passengers if there's no passengers on you could be a little more abrupt by takeoff and a little harsher on your braking 
but with passengers on there, need to make sure you plan well ahead. And Ryan and I had a conversation prior to and said, I need ample amount of time to make sure that if things are slowing down ahead of us, you give me plenty of time to where I can coast to a stop rather than applying brakes abruptly. It did feel like a very smooth ride. Well, thank we appreciate you. that. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah it was. I think especially on this parade, on on this specific rose parade, it was. And, and we talked right before we took off. This was the first time for us where we had a band perform and someone that was actually constantly moving on top of the float for us. So this was an experience for us for the first time because not only were we trying to gauge the slowing down of everything, but it was also someone that was moving on top so we had to try to gauge not only someone that it of someone that's standing still on the float but every time when we're thinking that they're moving up there so that when they go to make a move we're not having to hit the gas to where someone's moving mid-step so we're also Mm. trying to limit it as much as possible and that was another key thing whether we build up too big of a gap in front of us well that's just so that we can make sure that the people who were performing which was Annie Bosco on there with with her band did a really good job of trying to make sure that we didn't mess them up on top as well when they were performing. Can you tell when people are moving on the float? Yes. Yeah. The whole <laughs> fr- from us underneath we're it's it's a little bit of a bumpier ride because <laughs> uh, normally we can control if it's bumpy or not with the throttle and, and us moving ourselves. But when we have people up on the float and we can tell when when they're moving because we're moving as well. I'm speaking with Dennis and Ryan Parkhouse, a father and son team who drive floats in the Rose Parade. How else is your family involved in the Rose Parade? Well, as Ryan alluded to earlier, when we first started or when I first started and got involved and, and got my own float, my wife, Sandy, she stepped in for the first four years and helped me out. And then at that point, we decided to start our family. And then so she kind of stayed at home with the kids. And I utilized friends, colleagues, uh, other family members as well. And uh, now Ryan has been with me for 10. And and then our older son, Brandon, he now drives his own float with his wife, Lauren. So they just recently started their family. And so now Sandy, my wife, grandma, she gets to do the babysitting on New Year's while the rest (laughs) of us are all in Pasadena getting the floats down the parade route. Now, are you involved in building the floats at all? We are not. We are not. I think we leave that that expertise to the people who know best on how to do those type of things. And, And I always say that we have the greatest job of just getting there, jumping in and taking the floats down the parade route. Now, Phoenix Decorating Company is a professional company that builds the floats. They do. When does the building process start? Well, the floats are year-round. It's a year-round project for Phoenix Decorating. So today, now, Phoenix is back there. All the floats are back in their warehouse, and they're starting the disassemble process. That'll usually take a couple of months to strip them down, salvage all the steel, recycle everything, And in that process, while the team is in the warehouse working on that, the inner office is working on sponsorships, designs, those type of things, all the way for the first three months of the year. Phoenix typically gets started about the second week of March, and the production, the building process begins for the following year. So it's about a a nine or 10 month process of building floats for Phoenix. And we get brought in roughly a couple months after that to uh, test drive the float. So after the the previous parade is done, 
they go through and they, they strip everything off of it, salvage what they can because it may be used in the following parade, whether that be a massive rose petal that or a flower that's on the front of it, whether it be a horse that was used on this year's Cowboy Channel float. They may salvage that for next year's. And after everything is stripped, they'll, they'll get all the way down to the frame and the chassis of that float. And mid-year, they'll call back out all the drivers who were allocated for this next year's parade. And we'll test drive that chassis and that frame again. And we'll head down to Irwindale, where the uh, Phoenix Decorating Company is. And we will test drive it up and down the block. We'll put it in reverse. We'll see if there's any mechanical issues with there. There'll be the mechanical team with the Rose Parade. They'll be out there making sure that everything is going. And then we'll drive it one more time once a lot of the outer shell of the rose parade is done when it gets closer the float when it gets closer to the rose parade when it's like november december and that's really the two times that us drivers are really involved in the process prior to the rose parade itself walk us through the weeks leading up to the parade what preparations are you doing well personally for us as i mentioned earlier you know we have a really great job you know we show up we hop in the float and we take off and we go for us we're really monitoring weather. We're, we're trying to figure out whether or not, you know, Mother Nature's gonna cooperate uh, during the parade route. We're preparing. Hey, 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 we, don't, we don't say, we don't talk about Mother Nature in the Rose Parade. I, that's I something that we don't, that's I, what we don't touch on. We don't I, say the I, words, we're, we don't say the words rain. I didn't we don't say, say rain. We don't say anything and, like that. Yes, but for us really, we're, as Ryan alluded to, we test drive the float a couple of times leading up to the parade. Uh, um, and then uh, the day before the parade, we head down to Irwindale and uh, we're there for judging and then we hop in the float and go. But for us, really, you know, we're just preparing ourselves for uh, the weather and uh, making sure that we're healthy and uh, that uh, we'll be ready to go come uh, January 1st. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, so the floats are built in Irwindale. They are. Somehow they got to get to Pasadena. How does that happen? Well, funny you should say that, <laughs> but uh, yes. So a handful of years ago, Phoenix um, had two buildings and they were both located in Pasadena, very close to Orange Grove Boulevard. And um, they decided that they needed to converge two buildings into one and they found an open spaced warehouse located in Irwindale. So all the floats now are constructed in Irwindale. When it comes time, all the floats that Phoenix builds are caravaned with police escort from Irwindale all the way through side streets and neighborhoods. And and uh, we magically appear on Orange Grove Boulevard at some time during the middle of the night. So they are driven all the way. It's, uh, it's, it's, roughly, it's roughly 12, I believe like around 12 and a half miles is what we drive from Irwindale to Orange Grove Boulevard. And that is all done on the 31st. So what we do is we show up on the 31st morning and that's when the floats themselves get judged by the, the Rose Parade Committee. They show up, they judge them. And on the 31st, roughly anywhere from 2 to 4 p.m., we all hop in our floats and start the caravan from a police escort, leaving Irwindale and roughly get back into 
Orange Grove Boulevard in Pasadena. Luckily this year, we made some really good time and arrived at 10.30 p.m. in Pasadena. So it was a five-hour trip. Five-hour trip. Okay, now if you're leaving at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. And it, it's a five-and-a-half-hour trip. Yeah, this this year we, we didn't end up leaving until 5. Yeah. So at that point, the sun's already down. Correct. Yes. And you don't have headlights on the floats. We no, do not. It's a, it was a little dark. <laughs> it's yes. a, it's th- that right there is the move out themselves is one of the more challenging efforts, I would say, for myself as a observer and as someone who's trying to get the float to the parade or anywhere on a street because we do not have headlights. The cameras that we do have on the front of the floats, it's a little harder to see still in pitch black. So that is one of our more challenging efforts because a parade route, there's tons of room. It's wide open streets. There's no over, nothing overhanging. And when you're moving the parade, when you're moving the float at night, now you're looking for overhanging trees that could be there. Mm-hmm. They can't be there. We drop all of the overheights that are on our float uh, to make sure that we don't hit anything. And on top of that, what, what's come, what's happened over the years is a lot of residents know the route that we're taking. So they all decide to come out on the streets and on the corners and, and watch us drive through on the 31st. And that makes it even more challenging because now we're trying to navigate not only spectators and residents, it's like cars that are parked on the side of the streets and police escorts that we're trying to get to. So it's definitely a challenge. And I think that's why it takes a little bit longer to like five and a half hours to, to get out there. Um, but I'd say that's a little bit more of the, the challenging side of an observer is getting that move out. Has anything ever gone wrong during the parade? Knock on wood, <laughs> I would say no. Phoenix has done such a great job with uh, providing us with such a great float year after year. Funny story, though, uh, I'll share with you. This happened quite a few years ago. We were going down Orange Grove Boulevard. We were real close to Colorado. We were approaching Green Street, which is the very last street prior to Colorado. My instrument panel, I I lost all lighting, lost the entire dashboard, the gauges, everything went dark. And I was able to contact a Phoenix representative. The mechanic jumped in, was looking things over. It turned out that it was just a blown fuse. Now this was had nothing to do mechanical. The float was still going to make the parade. I just couldn't see the instrument panel. So the mechanic, he's trying to find a fuse, and it just so happened on that morning, I had a pack of Wrigley Spearmint gum in my pocket, and as you know, they're typically wrapped with aluminum foil. We wrapped aluminum foil around the burnt fuse, (laughs) put the fuse back in, and it lit the instrument panel, and it stayed all the way through the parade route. And the mechanic jumped out at the last minute before we hit cameras and stuff. And so I tell that story every once in a while and stuff. But other than that, man, every year it just seems to get better and better and easier to drive power steering, power brakes. And it's just been a very, very great relationship with Phoenix and ourselves and and what they put in and their efforts of making the float safe every year. You're a regular MacGyver. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could claim that. I just had the gum, that's all. But uh, the mechanics did all the work. So that was quite the story. What happens to the floats when the parade's over? At the conclusion of the parade, at, uh, we finish up at uh, Pasadena High School off of Sierra Madre. And uh, they're viewed for a couple of days. So they're there. The public has an opportunity to come down, view the floats for a couple of days. And then at the conclusion of that, then we're asked to return and then pick up our floats and then bring them back to the warehouse in Irwindale. 
So then you go through that reverse process of driving them down side streets. Police we, escort this time? Of course, yes, yes, <laughs> once again. So that just happened. In this caravan, they merged multiple companies together and it made one long, huge caravan. And it, um, it, it was successful, but it was a long, long process uh, trying to get the floats back. It took a little bit longer than expected. So all the floats are decorated and built at Phoenix Decorating Company. When I was there for the judging, I was looking around at all the floats. But then on parade day, I swear there were floats that I did not see in the warehouse. Was I imagining those? You were not. Yeah. So, so there's multiple companies. There's a Phoenix Decorating Company. There's other ones like AES. There's Fiesta. There is Self Builds. There's Cities. There's all these other companies. I know Cal Poly does one. There's other companies that build their own floats. And so Phoenix themselves, they were where you were at for the judging and inside that warehouse. They, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think they had 22 floats that were participated in the parade this year, whether that be just the banner float, whether that be the, um, the football float, all of those things. They had 22 that were built out of, I believe the 42, I think that were in the parade this year. So um, Phoenix is just one of many that are a part of the decorating. What would you say has been your most memorable Rose Parade? You know, I've been asked that on multiple occasions. And over the years, we've encountered quite a bit of opportunity. You know, and you think back, and it's really hard to just put your finger on just one specific parade. But something that uh, my wife and I experienced way back when was we had a, an opportunity to pilot a float that was pulled by elephants. And it had never been done before as far as we were led to believe. And I don't think it's ever been done since. So you always think back and you go, you know, that was actually a pretty cool moment that uh, the float was actually pulled by elephants. But, uh, you know, again, it's really hard to just say, you know, I thought this year it was fantastic. We had a great float. You know, these we had wonderful people, a lot of talented people on the float this year and and like i said it, it just each year never surprises me they just come up with new concepts new ideas new people it was just a wonderful experience for us this year having yourself and heather and and several others on the float this year it was wonderful i think also too it's and and i'm gonna go the, i'm gonna go to the cheesy side of things because <laughs> i think i have to but as an observer i, I think it's better every year is and and I'm going to say this and it's going to be tough for you to hear, but as, as a, as an observer, when you get to TV corner and you make that turn and you just see the massive amount of people that are there every year, I think that for me is something that's, that you can't really imagine or can't envision every time. So for me, just seeing that as an observer, I'm, I know I'm supposed to follow the pink line. I'm supposed to look at the white suitor that's in front of me, directing me around the corner to make sure that we're there. I think that it, it every year it just more people and more people and and it gets more exciting every year and i think it's something like that's a memory that's the reasons why we do this is that there may be 42 floats in the whole entire parade and so if you were to put an average of two people on every float you're only talking 84 to, to 90 people that get to say that they drove a float down the parade that is watched by millions of people that is memories that that i that i that's the reason why i do this so it's like that for me is something that's not a certain parade. It's all of them because it's like, I get to do this every year for that reason. I get to see a TV. So, I mean, that's, 
that's a cheesy side of things, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that, that can't be replicated. You can't turn a corner and see millions of people or thousands of people sitting on a bleacher just looking at your float. Cause that's, you know, all the eyes are directly on you. And for us, we try to go as slow as possible. So as many eyes could see us on that corner. <laughs> I've been speaking with Dennis and Ryan Parkhouse, a father and son team who drive floats in the Rose Parade every year. What other volunteer opportunities are available for those who want to get involved with the parade? How can they learn more? I would say the best way is to go through uh, Phoenix Decorating Company's website. You can contact them personally. Um, You can follow their frequently asked questions uh, part of their website. It'll lead you to certain categories whether you can, uh, you know, I, I think they're constantly looking for volunteers to help decorate floats. They use a couple of companies, uh, Kiwanis International and uh, Lutheran Pedal Pushers, and they can always sign up through those two organizations to help out. Of course, they take walk-ins, groups of people as well, but it, the best way is to get to Phoenix Decorating Company's website, and you'll find all kinds of different opportunities that uh, the, the public has. And again, to mention, they're always looking for help and volunteers to come down and help put these uh, fl- beautiful flowers on these floats every year. Anything else you want us to know? Again, I just appreciate having us here today. And this year's parade was outstanding. And it was it, we had a great time and wonderful meeting you as well. And, and uh, we look forward to uh, many more successful uh, years down the parade route. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for a wonderful experience on the Rose Parade. And we'll be looking for you next year. Well, thank you. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.